0: You're listening to Red Nation Online.
1: The left.
0: the has and the game. Attack quickly, and that's exactly what Columbus Crew SC did. Iguain gets possession; it's a great diagonal ball. Saturday, April 15th, It's Julian Zadarozny, Ian Clark, and the Trillium Cup Showdown. Yes, every TFC supporter's favorite fixtures kicked off, but it was the Columbus crew opening the advantage with a 2-1 win. The Reds started well, but an off night in the midfield and loss of Drew Moore looked to be the difference to put an end to the unbeaten run for the start of the season. We discussed the good form from Josie Altidore, an off night from Armando Cooper, and Michael Bradley, but once again highlight the promise of Raheem Edward. It's all that and more on the next 40 minutes on Eastside Stand Up. Yeah, why not? Uh, all right, Julian Zadorozny. Hello. There's no competition with Andre today. No, no, he's no in England. He's one, in no, England. No confusion yep. to the listener. Yes, he's in England. Yep. And uh, Topes lose. Topes lose. The unbeaten run is over. The unbeaten <laughs> the un- run. <laughs> I was so attached to this unbeaten run. Let's, you know, it really yeah. was a miracle. It's like if the you... miracle run to start the season <laughs> yeah. of, a, of our, our that, unbeaten streak.
1: By saying unbeaten, you know, you wouldn't have to ask. The follow-up question is like, what's the record? <laughs> where, where, like, how many, how, game, how many games at have they won? And how many games have they at even at even strength? Yeah, let's right. even say at let's even, even add
0: that in. The one win came a man up. There's a little sidebar to that one before we get too excited. Amazing unbeaten run. <laughs> Got that off my chest. Okay, so, Julian, here we are. uh, Stanley Park Studio, Saturday night.
1: Balmy. Wow, it's nice out. I really didn't... I thought it was going to be a lot cooler, but it is lovely. This is
0: great. Yeah. and I like uh, this park a lot. Yeah, there's usually... We already saw our first skunk of the night uh, on the way here. And usually in this park, there is many, many more. Mm. Um, But I don't see any yet. The night is young. But the night is young. (laughs) The night is just a puppy. Um... (laughs) Circling back to the game. Okay. Circling back to the game. Uh, let, let's let's get through this. Let's go. You know, the sooner we do finish this pod, the sooner we'll be drinking bourbon and rum and smoking, smoking cigars. cigars. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the <laughs> At least if we right. if we get if we cut to the chase here, Julian. Let's cut it. Let's cut to the chase. chase. Toronto FC. Columbus crew. hmm Bitter Rivals.
1: B- Trillium, Trillium, Trillium Cup.
0: Or, as I would call it, the <laughs> Ryan Johnson What the Fuck Is This Trophy. <laughs> Cup. I'm handing you a trophy. What do I do with it? What What is this trophy? It's the Trillium Cup. What What for? You beat Columbus. You scored more goals against Columbus this year than is they that, did against you. Is that right? Yeah. Ryan Johnson. <laughs> Ryan Don't look said, so surprised. Just smile at the camera. And
1: yeah. Turn your fucking and, and, head. <laughs>
0: and enjoy, enjoy basking in the glory of a Trillium Cup. But Toronto's now down on the Trillium Cup oh, against dear. the Columbus crew. Uh, but even that aside, you know, Columbus, I guess you could say, is... Would you say, I guess, after Montreal, the team that uh, we might dislike the most?
1: Yes, and they don't do very well. And I mentioned this to you while watching the game. You get a feeling every time I watch a, a team that I like and they play in certain stadiums or whatnot against certain teams. Uh, Columbus is one of those teams that I, they do not do very well. And they they mentioned that they hadn't um, they hadn't won again. 2014. 2014. So it's been some time since uh, Toronto FC has done well uh, against the Columbus Crew in
0: Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, I'd be interested. I, I think off the top of my head, it could be three wins mm. in Columbus, but there might be I, one. did one. yes. I can won. think of I, I do very distinctly remember the first time we ever won. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it was a 4-2 win. Uh, Stefan Fry finished the games on crutches. Oh, and yeah. Julian de Guzman scored a goal in that one. A great goal. I seem to remember him body-checking the shit out of some guy, stealing it and slotting it into the corner. And, uh, and then you're like, wow, this is a turning point for this franchise. <laughs> No. Little did we know. Not really. But, you know, so Toronto comes in. Let's just say this. You know, obviously, the big spin heading into this game is Toronto unbeaten to start the season. Um, but, you know, immediately we're coming out of two home games that might have been characterized as frustrating, perhaps. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously at home, you're thinking three points. And Kansas City, a nil-nil draw in the home opener. Not much to get excited about there. And then you follow that up with Atlanta... And you know, I just think it was that was a game too, where it was you know moments of sloppy defending leads to a two-two draw. And if we could start this podcast maybe by piggybacking off those, I guess you could probably say again this was another game where there was moments of you know lost focus and you know sloppy play that led to Columbus winning the game.
1: Right. Well, all the goals came in the first half. I mean, you know, I think it was pretty, pretty even. The first, I mean, you want to go to the goals or you want to?
0: Well, I mean, that's maybe this overall uh, thought on the game and then maybe we'll we'll get into the game.
1: Well, I mean, if I'm going to speak candidly, I think that um, Toronto gave the game game up pretty well back to Columbus a lot, giving the ball away, poor crosses. Bradley really had a very uh, strange... Inconsistent? Uh, inconsistent. Thank you. It's a good word. Inconsistent. Because um, he has his... Usually, I mean, he had a couple great passes, but in the end, you know, he's a fixture of the midfield. He's the guy that you rely on to make the pinpoint passes. It's his job, right? And he really failed to accomplish... Um, any real offense and uh, he got knocked off the ball a few times he got uh, dummied a few times he really didn't have a very good game and he seemed very frustrated and, and and ultimately lost a lot of focus I felt as the game progressed especially trying to make passes to that just went waning and I think maybe he was mad at himself and most likely mad at
0: um Haglin, Haglin, and others that seemed yeah, Haglin was to be. the first one really noticed where he just chipped it over the top and Haglin right. stood there. Yeah, and he it was he, wow. Yeah, wow, wow,
1: and he just kept muttering to himself. And I, you know, I Bradley takes a, a, takes a lot of things personally in the sense of I think it's, he, he's very passionate. And if he's not having a good game, his head's not in it. Which obviously it seemed like it was tonight. Um, he, he he really let the team down. I thought today.
0: Yeah, and you know what? And to maybe tie something in, uh, I think maybe. Supporters will recall probably one of the one of the first games. I mean, I think back to that 2014 season and I when we kicked it off against Seattle. That was great. But I, if I'm not mistaken, it was the game against. Holy shit! It was the game against. I think Columbus. None of those two wins that season. But I think the first time we met Columbus, that was the first game that I saw Michael Bradley kind of like just completely boss a game. Right. Right. And not, I'm pretty sure he scored in that game, like a tight angle one. And he just looked amazing, and that was 2014. I remember categorizing it as, yeah, yeah. Put it in the category where I remember like the first six games of the season, Bradley was incredible, and then the rest of the season, he wasn't, and uh, because he was trying to be Mr. Everything. But that's what uh, he does. I mean, he really does take try to
1: control. You mentioned the word "bossing" the game, taking control of the game. That's what he does best. He's very. I think he puts. He's not so much the face of the of the team, but he is the captain, and he is really the guy that they rely on specifically. Especially coming out of the bag, right? Exactly, and you know, he, he I think he, he takes a lot to heart. So, I mean, but tonight he he failed to. I mean, outside of a few passes, I think he really did fail to uh, accomplish his goals of of creating a good offense and, and and getting scoring chances.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what I'm. Yeah, I think that's what I'm trying to tell the others. Like we've seen him play. Awesome. Right. Against Columbus. And this was not one of those nights. But I think the way I wanted to sort of start getting into the game was the the biggest discussion heading into this match was Drew Moore. Oh, yeah. Right? And that was, I think we saw, I think we missed him. Mm-hmm. I think that's another main talking point or, or sort of like overall arching discussion of this game. Um, you know, Drew Moore. And it's, someone uh, had an interesting tweet saying... Oh, it was Hercules Gomez uh, kind of making note of, you know, there's Marvell Wynn, Clint Dempsey, mm. for example. A couple guys off the top of my head. I think he mentioned three or four other guys that have all had this heart condition. Um, Eddie Johnson, you know, retires, That's I think, right. because, yeah, yeah. because of this irregular heartbeat that they're getting. And he's sort of making note strange. These guys who appear to be tip-top condition, like super fit athletes in their early 30s, coming up with irregular heartbeat conditions. But I wonder, you know, that's, I, I just, you know, just throwing that out there, you know, we've, we've seen players on varying levels of, you know, in England, a couple of players who oh yeah, have dropped oh, yeah, on yeah, the yeah, field, yeah, yeah. right? Right, right. Um, and you wonder if the sort of the stress and the intensity mm-hmm. of these, you know, high level sports, um, especially a game like football, where it's just running, 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 the stress on the heart sometimes just it can't take it. Well, anymore. the body's not meant to run that much course of the year. Sure. Not, right. Um, but if we, if we focus on Drew Moore, you know, my, if I think the discussion heading into the game and probably a bit of the discussion after the game, you know, firstly is that, you know, on this podcast and I think other people around the team have sort of said or questioned the depth, the center back depth that Toronto FC has. And they've had opportunities since, I guess you could maybe say since Steve Caldwell retired to bring in a real veteran, Drew Moore is one of those veterans, but there's, you know, there kind of has to be, you know, as much as you want the veteran center back, you do need sort of a balance between, okay, if you're going to have a rookie in there, there should be sort of, if the rookie's not playing, you need that guy who's sort of in that 25, 26 range. You know what I mean? Something like that, that when the veteran leaves, that guy fills his role, and then the rookie slots into that. Mm -hmm. Toronto FC doesn't really have that. You know, really outside of Zavaleta, And Haglin, you're looking at the USL team and I just don't know who you're going to call up from that side. And I think that's another discussion of a lost opportunity at TFC2 where you should have, you know, a guy on that team who's got a bit more experience, who maybe is not an MLS day-in, out starter but is getting his minutes at TFC2. So what this means is that the formation hasn't changed. Mm. We've just sort of amended it to take out Drew, Drew Moore. And, what, of course, we have Alex Bono starting in the net. Raheem Edwards is now the fullback. Right. And then they've slotted uh, Justin Morrow as that third center back with Haglin in the middle, Zavaleta on that right side. Beja sure stays there. Then the midfield Cooper, Bradley, Vasquez. Up front, Alta Altador. We've seen this all before. However, I wonder if I'll maybe I'll save this as we, as we go through the game because we'll talk about Cooper, I think. Yes. And discuss him because there was discussion between us and guys around us at the football factory tonight mm-hmm. that we're all sort of, seemed like we might have been in agreement. But the opening, I guess you could say, 20 minutes of this game, Toronto looked good. Now, I don't know if I agree with Terry Dunfield's synapsis synopsis <laughs> of the game that it, Toronto was out there like it was a home game. I
1: don't agree with that at all.
0: I just thought, you know, Toronto came out there, they look, you know, and I would say this, the, the, you know, I saw Toronto live for the first time against Atlanta I missed the home opener and they came out of that game from the opening whistle with a good level of intensity mm-hmm. and it looks like at least Greg Vanney's got them prepared right. at the opening whistle you know I always remember obviously I'll never forget the start to 2012 when we went 0-9 right. and my, my recollection of that season was it seemed like every game we came out cold we came out like the first 30 minutes was just a warm up it was like we were warming up as the game was started, mm-hmm. at least you can say this year it looks like Toronto FC is starting the game warm, and we looked pretty good those first 20 minutes. And when Toronto went up one-nil, it was sort of like a culmination of yeah, like this is this looks like it's our game, and it was a great goal. I mean, uh, oh, could, yeah. what else can you ask for off a, a corner kick and Josie Altidore? Who's what else can you say about Josie? I mean, so much criticism at the start of last year, but he's really, I think, has sort of lived up to. I think now. I think I don't think there's any questions around him.
1: No, he's able to score goals, and he's able to. He, he makes the most of the space that he, that he gets, and he's you know he pushes forward. You know he's he's been able to. I find he's been the most effective in 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 in, in crosses coming in, play, going forward. I remember last season he was playing back a lot. I mean, that, I think had a lot to do with the fact that he had little faith in the defense. The defense was pretty bad. I'm um, bad, but it was it wasn't great uh, until the tail end of last season. Uh, but I do feel Josie Altador is giving everything he has, and I think his scoring ability is, is based on his talent. It's based on his ability to have good sight. He's able to see the ball, he's able to see the play coming. I've always felt that with Bradley, you know, Bradley and Altador always have a connection, right? Um, and tonight, where Bradley lacked, I think Altador was able to um, be stronger and managed to uh, bully his way into the box and, and, and try to make plays. He, his footing, it, it, he was fast. He was, uh, you know, he got a couple of calls against him that I thought were unfounded um, and he gets frustrated and his passion. And, and I think that he had a great game today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think if we can, you know, after that goal, Toronto City goes up one nil and uh, you know, I don't think, I think it's safe to say we're feeling pretty good and I think my observation or my discussion with you was that I was like, yeah, this looks like, I mean, Columbus doesn't look great. They don't look like a good team right now. And this could be our games for the taking. And unfortunately, if we, you know, we'll, we'll discuss the, t- the goals from Columbus, but I mean, before Columbus scored, Toronto arguably could have been up 3-0. Yes. And I think that might be, again, a, a talking point coming out of the game. And funny, you know, you, we just talked about Jose Altidore, and one of his exit points from the game was that we're just not sharp. And I think that's a I think that's probably a pretty fair observation or criticism of Toronto C at the, at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. You know, you even go back to the opening game against Real Salt Lake. Like we had chances to win that game, and we just weren't clinical. Right. They just weren't sharper in their finishing, and we saw that again tonight. Where I think I can think of plays where like Vasquez could have had a great shot on goal, and you know, it's just like it was just. It was right. off by like right. a... just a, You know what I mean? It was like one beat. Mm-hmm. It was off where it was like, man, if he had just struck it that much quicker, it would have been at least a shot on target. But it looked like a great chance and we didn't get those happening. Right, but that...
1: You can say the same thing about um, Columbus tonight too. They had chances where... And I'm just kind of maybe jumping back and forth from the first and second half, but if you as accumulation of a whole 90 minutes, Columbus had their chances too that, you know, remember towards the tail in the second half. There was all this open space and, and, and he shot it. The Columbus players shot it instead of passing. But those two goals that came in the first half were really fairly clinical and, and also based on the fact that TFC's defense was sort of lacking. Those two goals by Columbus in the second half were exact, they were clinical, and they were absolutely on fire. And they made Toronto, look the defense, look absolutely lost. And with Bradley, everybody really piling back, you know, if we're gonna break down each goal. But, uh, you know, you can miss your chances, but you know, you miss more than you get. I mean, obviously, it's it's a loss. Yeah. Being, and being up, being up one nothing, you're in the driver's seat. You have all the you have all the time. It was early, but you have all the time the rest of the game to really sit back, maybe, or build up the the midfield and just either protect the goal or just push forward and you know and, and try to score another one. But you know, Columbus had different ideas. Yeah, and
0: I think if we we hit that point of the game where it's you know it's one nil, and you know Toronto's missed their chances. Um, and it was a pretty you know it was just like one of those everything goes wrong in terms of like lost concentration lost focus and for me i really feel like that first goal started with armando cooper mm. where i can't remember i think it was Iguain, and he just the ball went past him and he didn't and he didn't follow his man like he just kind of jogged like he he didn't stay with his man and it was like there's something where also i feel like him and moro there should have been some sort of communication where he was like, you stay with that guy, I'm going with this guy. And neither of them did either. And Moro was too far back, so he couldn't track along there. And then you, you know, you follow the play. It's Ola Camera who's left all alone. So, I mean, no, everyone was just watching the play unfold. And then, you know, Bono looks like a fool because it was just a simple ball past him and Cameron just has to literally walk it in net. Yeah. Um, that's not the kind of goal, you know, you kind of want the opposition to work a little bit harder for it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they obviously had to make the passes, but really, I think Toronto gifted them that one.
1: But um, they fell—they falling asleep. They fall. Them falling asleep has been a problem uh, consistently. I mean, if you're up one nothing, you know, as I mentioned, it, it, it doesn't make sense to me it, it, to allow the team to push forward. As and it's not like uh, as you were mentioning before uh, that they're filled with a bunch of old guys. But you know, old guys that know how to play this seem to know what they're doing. You know, it, it, they are also talking about, we heard the the term ethos, Greg Vanney's ethos. So in this instance, what is Greg Vanney's ethos? To allow Columbus to, A, collect the ball, push forward so early in the game, after you're already up one nothing. I mean, you're in the driver's seat, so to speak. Um, allowing Columbus to... Yeah, the switch, space, off. Switch, switch off. Switch allowing off. Allowing Columbus to make space um, and to give up the ball. Cooper gave up the ball more times than I can, I can count. And you know, giving the ball away—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a telltale sign of, of no focus and not knowing, like not even being aware of where your your teammates are. And that 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 was a big problem for me. You know, you saw passes being made. It was almost as like they were like, I know, I feel that guy's going to be there, but they're not. Those passes, a lot of wayward passes, a lot of chances lost simply for the fact is that there's no real proper positioning. Team doesn't know where they are, and so if you don't know where your players are, how can you keep a lead one? How can you keep a lead and and try to score another one and be successful at it? Well, you can't. You just can't do it. Um, so Columbus was able to, to to match that and then some.
0: Yeah.
1: All in forty five minutes. Yeah. That that was the game. Yeah. That was the game. Forty five minutes was the game, and the second half was
0: had its moments, but it was yeah. like all the, obviously the best chances and everything happened in that first half and. You know, obvious Columbus. We know scores their second goal where it's off a corner, and it's uh, Justin Miram who scores. And you know, I'd be interested in other people's opinions on corner kicks because if I remember correctly, it looked like it was only Bradley. The someone's on the other post. that might have been irrelevant, Irre- irrelevant, yeah. irrelevant,
1: irrelevant, irrelevant.
0: Yeah. Fuck's sake! <laughs> I'm having trouble spinning them out tonight. Irrelevant. Then you wouldn't have a situation where there was literally three Columbus guys. Alone, right? To to get that ball, and and Bradley being the only defender, and and you can, you know, I'm sure there might be criticism of Bono who really just stood on his line and didn't really come out for any of the balls. But I don't know if I would have done that if I were him. The ball was swung out fairly deep. It might have been a bit reckless for him to do that. But here we are. You know, you get to halftime down two to one in a game where you know arguably Toronto should have had at least two goals. Um, You know, we mentioned Altidore; he had that sort of half a breakaway. Where he couldn't slide it through, and then you know there was a couple other chances in the first half that were just didn't quite go our way. And if we look in the second half, I guess maybe the the next talking point I want to discuss. The first thing that happens early on in the second half is Armando Cooper gets subbed out, and to that I said, "Good."
1: Yeah, you were very happy.
0: I was very happy because I think it was becoming very apparent he was having a he wasn't having a good game and which brings me to a, a, an interesting discussion. One thing that I thought about and I'd be interested what the what listeners would think about this is that you know I kind of find I know that you know when a coach or a GM brings in players they kind of do get a little bit of favoritism, right? right. They want to they want to give those guys the opportunities to prove that you know the GM or whoever was right that they made the right move to sign this guy. However, I feel like with the midfield that we currently have, um, you know, Vanny needs to maybe be a little bit more strategic, and I think it might. I would probably make the case that Armando Cooper, you know, being a Panamanian, and thinking back to, you know, last weekend's game against Atlanta and what you know why he looked so good against Atlanta, and I, you know, it might be basic to say it, but I, you know, I'm going to throw it out there that, you know, maybe when he's up against Latin-based players or players who are from Central South America he might thrive a little bit better against those types of players mm-hmm. because they're not as physical, it's a little more technical, and uh, he can do his thing. Whereas against a team like Columbus, that's a little bit more of a European-American mix, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think they have, outside of Higuain, I don't know who other other South American players would be or Central American mm-hmm. players would be. You know, I would. I probably might have said, this might have been, now I know, you know Rue hasn't played much this year, but I might have made it an argument that this might have been a good game for him to play. And especially when we look at in light of Bradley's, you know, inconsistent passing. The one thing we know about Benoit Sheru is that his passing is impeccable. Uh, you know, he's his, his passing percentage is, you know, probably in the 80s or 90s almost regularly. And he can he'll make the smart short pass under pressure. No problem, and he can put the ball 30, 40 yards downfield, right. right where it needs to go. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, um, Julian, if, if you agree, what you would have done if you, if you thought Cooper deserved to start this game. I
1: think it seems to me that Vanny has a, a – my opinion is, like, I I, I think the coach – I mean, I allow the coach – allow the coach, but I, I feel that I have faith in the coach enough that he's going to make the decision. He sees that team day in, day out, Right. Do I think that Cooper should have, play as much as he does and start as much as he does? No. I think you have... I mean, he's tried San Ricketts. He's tried Shiru. Shiru doesn't play... He's not... He, it seems to me Vanity has placed Shiru in I'm going to play him the last 10 minutes of the match if we need him. And he's going to make... He's going to allow Cooper to do his thing. And in instances against Atlanta, he shone. He was shining, Right. And instances of today, he wasn't. He's the Cooper that I usually see weekend and know when I watch when I'm watching him play. You know, fumble the ball. He's unable to keep the ball at his feet. He loses it. Um, wayward passes. I don't find them to be ultimately strong. And I think I agree with you to that to that point where if you're playing against team teammates or not teammates, but uh, people of, uh, of of a, of a specific. Uh, culture or country in which you've thrived in and 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 learn from from a young age sure you may play way better But I don't think today. I don't feel that Columbus is ultimately a, a truly physical squad. I don't think it was a very physical game um, So I don't I, I I'm gonna give Vanny the benefit of the doubt. I think he sees something in Cooper that maybe maybe I don't um, and he certainly has his faith in him and um, and Vanny, in this instance, especially in the beginning of the season, he likes to really experiment too, right? So, I mean, we're pretty early in the season. It's only April, and I'm going to let, I'm going to give it some time, and I'm going to see if, if 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 Cooper works out. But I do agree with that. Shiru is certainly the better player. If you if you if you started, it maybe because of his age, maybe because he doesn't feel that he gives hundred percent. In practice, I don't know. Maybe he's just being strategic and tactical. This is Vanny's tactics. I was saying two weeks ago that Ricketts should play 90 minutes. And Ricketts played 90 minutes, almost 90 minutes. But was he good for 90 minutes? Not that good. He, <laughs> he lost. He he, 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 he he doesn't, not to change it to Ricketts, but he, you have players that excel in certain parts of the game. And that's the sport. That's, that's soccer. That's football. You got players that... N- Excel in ten minutes. You want you want a guy that that jumps out there and changes the, changes the play style of play. That's Cheruiyot because he comes out and he makes passes. And as soon as he came on, he made a great pass to Ricketts, and Ricketts did a turn and was looking for Altidore. And and all of a sudden, it just heightens up the excitement. So if you want a guy that's able to to bully his way in the midfield and hold the ball and um, make runs uh, uh, running plays on the wing then Cooper seems to be the guy. Um, whether he's built for that in this league, I don't know. But every game is different. Every team is different, especially in the MLS. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you watch Italy or England or whatever, you pretty much get a standard of play. Um, but in the MLS, because it's just so filled with uh, multi-ethnic, you know, it, different cultures, uh, different players from different parts of the world, um, different coaches in different parts of the world. Yeah, you have the guys s-
0: who are like top four league players playing with guys who played NCAA.
1: Right, right, exactly. You're playing against guys that used to have just played at Boston College and guys that used to play for San Etienne. So, you know, and, you know, Kaká plays with whoever. You know, it's 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 not balanced. So, you know, every game is different. Really, it is. You know, and I've been watching MLS since 07, since TFC came into this league, since day one. So that's the one thing that you have to try to uh, accept and... You know you can have a great you can have one player that plays great 90 minutes one game and then terrible the next and that has a lot to do with the environment they're in, especially also with travel and all that stuff. So I mean I'm making excuses for Cooper. I'm not but and I don't even love Greg Vanny. Um, but I do think that I feel that my personal opinion is that Cooper Cooper has talent. He's fast on the ball when he can be and I think that his position right now in the club seems to be, uh, over Sheru, and I think sharu's job of coming out in the last 10-15 minutes excels. He's ex- excellent at it. He's very good at it, and he, and I think he thrives on that, too. He comes out really excited, and he's he's already trying to make changes, and you saw that today.
0: Yeah. I, I would also probably add in that is that if, if Sheru plays, I think it changes the formation. I don't. Oh think yes, we, yeah. Right. We can't too. play. I don't think we can play right. a three-five-two no. or, no, no, no. or five-three-two with Shereeu and Bradley in there. I think you got to end up kind of playing like Fold a four-back, right? Yeah, I think you got to play like a uh, what is it like a four-two-three-one? Right. If he's in there, because you're probably going to put Bradley and Shereeu side by side. Yeah. Um, and if we could run through the second half, you know, like my main comments and my, my main notes from the second half, that I think are worth discussing. The one thing was I remember in the 51st minute. Morrow made that great sliding tackle in the box mm-hmm. to stop a chance on goal. That was really close. I mean, he, not, he got the ball first, and I think it was Camera, you know, went to ground, which, you know, clearly was a great tackle, perfectly timed. It kind of, I think it... Again, here's another call out to the listener. Was it last year or the year before where Morrow caught up to a Columbus guy from behind, slid in, got the ball first... And then ended up with the straight red card. Mm. And I feel like this was, you know, a similar thing. I was just, like, glad that he came out with, came away, you know, with nothing on his hands for that one. Because, fuck, MLS has really rolled the dice, right, with the referees of what they're going to call. And actually, I would probably say that for a referee today that I think they said only had six games, MLS games in his belt. Right. Couldn't really complain.
1: No, he let them
0: play. He really did a good
1: job. You know, I didn't even think about the referee, but you know what? There was very little. He allowed them to play. He allowed them to make uh, challenges. And he rarely, you know, there was a couple of chances or challenges that I thought should have been called. And I thought in in, in other leagues, they would have blown the whistle. But he just said, just get up and keep going. So I think it was a very interesting, exciting game to watch. It was an exciting game to watch just for just the sheer... um, Access to just continuing to play, you know, yeah. just being able—sorry, being able to just have the freedom to play, instead of opposed to just worrying about, you know, should I make this tackle or not? And the the referee wasn't implanting his position in the game. he was allowing the teams to play. Yeah, it's
0: good observation. Team. Like, wasn't wasn't stop and start? No, it was like, actually the game. Most of the game quick. actually ran pretty fluid. Uh, my other point, maybe other t- like a short talking point, is uh, another than Raheem Edwards. Oh yeah, a guy that we've kind of highlighted. I think it was two games. No, it was the. The game before it was the Vancouver game if I'm not mistaken right saying that was the Vancouver game that Jordan Holmes was on it and he was pumping up Raheem before the game uh, during the game and then he had a great game and uh, I thought I thought he looked great yeah yeah I mean for a young kid he had a couple moments where he doesn't he has a nice play where he shields the ball and almost like does a dummy to himself right like, he'll take the yeah. long pass down the wing, he'll shield it, let the ball carry through, and then he'll have that guy beat. Right. Uh, which is, I'm like, that's a pretty slick move. And he looks pretty confident, you know, cutting in on the edge of the 18 and trying to slide it across. Unfortunately, the one, you know, the one moment where he could have really shined was that ball where Altidore was running on goal and he kicked it right yeah. at the keeper. Um, but I thought, uh, you know, he, he made some couple some really nice passes. He took some nice passes. He was involved in the play. You know, I think he's 21. Yeah, he's fairly so So, I mean, for him to be playing, you know, it's been a while, I think, since we've seen, well, I guess since maybe Jonathan Osorio came through, a Mm -hmm. Canadian like that, that sort of looked good at that age. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's exciting to see. He had a good game today. He had a better game than Bradley. We
1: were saying. Yeah, he had a better game than Bradley. He just looked great. He looked really good. And he got better towards the end of the game, too. Like, it wasn't just a few plays, but it was really, he was he was bullying his way through and running, and, man, and he was just working. He was working. He was making... He was earning his paycheck. <laughs> yeah. He
0: was earning his paycheck. Whatever his paycheck is, I'm a, I bet he's probably still on a... Not a very good contract. No. And then, you know, if we exit... If we exit the game, the last... I mean, the only last... For me, the main last talking point, I thought was, of course, there was the chance that Betashore had to, yeah. to release Jovinko. And, you know, I feel bad for Betashore because he was getting a little bit more action in the second half, but, you know, like... Uh, Steve had a good word for him you know he's like he's on un- what did he did he say he's uncoordinated at the best of times no. he had a get a bit of a doozy that was like yeah that's kind of true like he worked. guy works so hard and he did have a great um sliding tackle like in the dying minute or two of the match like an added time but you know that was a real that was the one that was really unfortunate because that could have that was it mm-hmm. you know Jovinko was all alone he just had to slot it into space and he curled it we passed back it, too far at the wrong, time. Yeah. the wrong
1: time we didn't even talk about Jovinko
0: no I mean it, later which later. was weird because I know again in the telecast uh, you know Terry's uh, synapsis, he was really <laughs> bigging him up about how great he was playing because he got his first goal under and how confident he was and this and that I, I don't know do you have any, any thoughts he
1: didn't have a great game I thought the heroes, the guys were supposed to have a great game, didn't have a great game. So Bradley and Jovinko, I thought were were okay. And there was the one time that Jovinko was playing so far back. Remember, we noticed that It's like he's kind of trailing, and this is the end of the game. It's like what four minutes, three minutes left, or whatever, and he's just kind of trailing. But like, what are you doing up there? Why are you so far back? See, this is so strange. Sometimes I wonder how the I, I just the thinking that is done it, uh, is like if you're if you're if you're a striker, then be the striker. <laughs> then you know. And maybe he was trying to pick up the ball at the end in the midfield and maybe try to carry, help carry it forward. But no, I thought ultimately he, he had a very lackluster match. He really, you know, he and when he gets frustrated, he just tries to score from you know anywhere. And you know, you can't have that. You have to be be calm and collected. And yeah. I just the He's get when he gets frustrated and emotional, he starts to see that he's, he's only scored one goal. So, you know. Season, right? Yeah,
0: so maybe here's before I exit, I mean, one thing I I think we might want to give a little credit to is Columbus because I we did observe in the second half like they had a pretty tight defensive shape. I mean, Toronto had a lot of did kind of have issues working the ball through them, like they looked very organized from to to me. That's what I thought. I thought they looked really good, and it wasn't like they were playing all men behind the ball, like they were able and they were also able to counter very quickly and get. Numbers forward, so it wasn't just like they were playing this super defensive style play. Um, they just looked like they were on point, and so maybe if we just exit this game quickly, Julian, uh, maybe start. Do we, do we start with Jovinko, or we start with TFC, or we can bundle them together? At this point, we're we're uh, six games in. Or is there any concern? Is there? No. Any, are we worried about anything? You know, Toronto the un, the, un, the unbeaten runs over.
1: Well, that's the unbe- unbeaten. I mean, if you're winning. and
0: Jovinko only has one goal.
1: Right. Well, no, I, I don't, I don't necessarily feel there's nothing to worry about yet. I mean, they're not exactly at the top of the table. So, um, but I don't necessarily feel I'm not as worried as I am, you know, watching the Blue Jays. But I'm, (laughs) do you know what I mean? We're not a crisis. That this is not a crisis. This is just, you know, getting, getting all the gears together, just getting everything. I think Vanny needs to secure his starting eleven and get them to work together and I did not see that today I did not see a starting 11 that was confident with each other and you could see it you could see the weaknesses you could see it you could see the poor passing you could see the the miscommunication how many times two guys going for the same ball who the fuck no one's talking to each other I mean where is that and maybe that's why we saw that in Bradley's face we saw that frustration had a cute you know I, I last year was like that too you know in the beginning I thought you know, Vanny was experimenting, experimenting, experimenting. Like, stop experimenting, okay? Now is the time to do it. Experiment, fine, but get these guys solid. Get them on, the, let them speak in the same language because you're going to be halfway through this season. We're going to be talking in July and I am hope we don't have the same conversation where it's like miscommunication, bad plays, chances gone. I mean, you know, you want these guys speaking the same language and they should be. There weren't many off-season changes anyway. I mean, this is basically the same Bunch of guys, give or take, than you saw last year. So, what am I missing here? You, 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 just maybe it's the coach. You just need, yeah, you need these guys to be on the same
0: page. Yeah, if you that, don't
1: have it now or soon, then the whole season is going to start collapsing. Sure, and completely.
0: that's, I mean, that's the question. You know, what are you, what are you missing here? Is it that, you know, you you played until December and you only had, you know, maybe two and a half months off, whereas other Whatever. teams might have had. Three or four? They have
1: long seasons in other countries in the world. I think that's, you know, I know that they're starting earlier now, but come on. I mean, come on. You know, they get a long time off. You know, no one, not many of these guys are going to, they're going to, they're not, they're having their summer vacations. They're in Miami. You know, they They have the, you know. I. Sure.
0: Well, here, here's what I'll say, and this is something I said last episode, too, that I'll just sort of add on to it, where it's like, you know, you know, you observe this team, and I don't think you can, I know you can make a case that, like, this is this is a good team. There's yes. really good players on it, and so we should be performing better. Um, and it, I made a note last year. And a lot there are teams that have started, like just brutally, and then either gone on to win the cup, or made the playoffs, or finished first. And I think I have it right. Last year, the Red Bulls, their first eight games, they lost seven. Right, okay. and they finished first. Mm. Right, and I can think of. I think the 2012 season, when we started 0 and nine, I think. I think LA also had a brutal start to the season, um, where they really stank, and they won the cup that year, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, we're at, you know, our, our unbeaten run is over, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's not, it's, it's not. I don't think it's. Again, I'm not pulling any fire alarms yet, um, and I think, I think, circling around to it, I own the only concern I think I really have is, is, is defensive depth. And the shape of the defense. I think the other pieces will come together. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, once once Vasquez gets completely you know in sync with everyone. I think he's been looking a little bit better game by game. And you know, it's just for me. It's probably it's just a matter of time before Jovinko starts to click. And we've seen that. We saw that a bit last year too. You know what I mean? Like where he wasn't quite on fire. Like no, he, he had that losing. He wasn't able to score. He was tearing his shirt. You know, I was getting really frustrated. Yeah. He found it. He found it. Yeah, so I think those are the some things that are, you know, that have crossed my mind. Where it's like, okay, it's uh, you know, this is where we are, but you know, we have if we look ahead, you know, we have Chicago next Friday, which will be a tough game. Um, obviously Schweinsteiger Speaking is of fire alarms. Well done. <laughs> well
1: done.
0: That's why you're here. That's why you're here. <laughs> Schweinsteiger, yes, Schweinsteiger. Yes. I underhand him. You You knock it out of the park. That's just knock it out of the park. Um, So that's what we got next week, and then the final week, if I'm not mistaken, is Houston. Uh, Yeah. And then comes away to Seattle. No, no, no. no. Three games at home. Yeah. Sorry, that's. I think it's Orlando, a midweek game, and then away to Seattle. That's I think where our schedule is. So it's pretty tough, pretty tough run. But you know, if we are, if this is the, if this is the dawn of the Reds, we got to (laughs) start. We got to start winning the home games. That's what's got to start happening, and I think that's going to be. Uh, coming up Friday, and you know we're hitting a part of the podcast where it's—I just, just really, really want to get having that that bourbon to just wash this game away. It's time. It's time to wash do that. The game away. Wash this game away. Are you on Twitter, Julian? No, I no. am not. So we know, we know. I have uh, a Twitter. I we know, don't, Julian, don't. We know Julian. We know Andre sleeps, but now, <laughs> but then he changed it to actually Andre. Just you know that what? Everything. If you see me on the street, just just say hi and tell me what you think.
1: If you know what it looked like. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, if you go on and go buy cigars, go get some cigars. Yeah, that's it's
1: right. A- uh, yeah. Uh, La Casa de Lobano.
0: Yeah, you can yeah. go say hi- and maybe Jovico will be there.
1: He's, he lives in the Four Seasons. I see him all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, or Julian De Guzman might pop in.
1: Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He comes on. A lot. He's boy, he's in Ottawa now. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've, uh, yeah he comes in a oh, lot. Altador comes in. Toys and Ricketts has come in. Yeah.
0: It's a who's who of TV TFC go- players. <laughs> they like to buy their cigars <laughs> like buy. in. Uh, Justin Morrow came in. In Yorkville
1: interesting
0: market yeah New Yorkville yeah New Yorkville well there you go so there we go we've wrapped up wrapped this game in a nice uh, yellow bow Uh, and (laughs) (laughs) black and yellow (laughs) yeah black and yellow bow unfortunately Unfortunately. topes lose lose. and uh, I think we'll finish it at that we will be back on Friday Steve and I will be at the game and uh, it was a nice it was a nice night at the football factory yeah it was busy you. there I was, it was I'm packed.
1: happy well because there was three games on the Leafs yeah
0: there's the sights and sounds it was the football factory it was Ram like not Ram but it was really busy the Raptors started it off yes the Leafs were going on oh yeah and then but but there was that whole area where we sit it was all mostly TFC people watching the game yeah. which is rare cause a lot, oh,
1: everybody's watching TFC except that one table behind us that was watching the Leaf game yeah, yeah. so mm. that's, all there it is. that's all I got to well because it's a sports day in Toronto it's, yeah. it's April yeah, yeah.
0: Playoffs, uh, cool. Yeah. So if anyone has any comments or, or thoughts or whatever, you know, tweet me at Clark R N O or email at info at rednationline.ca. and uh, we'd like to hear. We got. Oh, and uh, you know what? I, I always try to throw that. Out. If you're new to the podcast or on iTunes, go on and rate us. But if only if it's five stars. Uh, if it's anything lower, don't even bother. <laughs> so uh, we'll leave it at that, guys. We appreciate uh, you listening. Thanks a lot. I am want you to get involved reach out to us on twitter at red nation online or by email at info or have your say at red get in touch with us let us know how you thought the team did agree disagree it doesn't matter also check out our other podcasts on red nation online from the black hole ours is the fury and in our interview series thanks for listening and we'll catch you guys next time